time for the latest in sports debate. The hottest topics, the biggest question marks, answered right now. This is The Critical Eye with Erie Sports Now's Isaac Petcash. Well, on a Monday, a very splendid Monday. Welcome to the Critical Eye podcast. The regular season for the NFL is over, but the beginning to this show just starting. Welcome in. Isaac Petcast, Joe Ledneski, Jovan Johnson will join us a little bit later in the week. And it's uh, fitting that today is the first time we get to record our podcast here in the Happy 92.7 studio. Super excited to be back in person, getting a chance to talk what we love, and that is talk sports. Let's begin with this. There are very few moments, I think, in the NFL, Joe, as as a media type that we are, that really take our breath away. Um, you know, there are moments that, sure, they, they're surprising, right? The great catch by Stephon Diggs in the Bills game yesterday. The, you know, the toe-tap catches, the great runs. But none of that necessarily surprises us. Um, for, the, for the first time in a long time last night, I was surprised. And driving into work this morning, trying to figure out how to start off this show... It's 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 still hard to put into words last night if you are a Pittsburgh Steeler fan what last night was. So Pittsburgh today's in the playoffs. I think I can speak for everyone in this room that um you know, I don't think anyone believed Pittsburgh would be where they are today, getting a chance to play Kansas City. So Joe, what do you make of last night? Because it just seems to me like it's one of those surreal experiences, and God, who who knew? Who, who would have thought? Well, it was interesting, because I think a lot of us, again, the, the notion that there was going to be some colluded uh, tie was was silly. Um, and then, you know, then there's the, the second guessing of a timeout, which, again, I don't, I'm not certain had anything to do with the outcome. Yeah. And I especially don't think, considering how good – Justin Herbert is like his ceiling. Like I, I was texting he Joe on like he is now like his ceiling is now higher than Mahomes because he is that dude. Um, he's going to be around for a long time and he's going to be really good. And if I had to pick between him and Joe Burrow, I would absolutely go with Herbert. Now, there's so many different layers to this confusion. Imagine being on the Raiders sideline and knowing that Herbert's not going anywhere and thinking, <sighs> hey. Let's let the Chargers into the playoffs. Like that's not going to happen. Like that's that's total that's total stupidity, right? So you know they don't like Brian Staley because he goes for it too much on fourth down. Well, you know what? You know who likes Brian Staley because he goes for it on fourth down? The Steelers. The Steelers fan love Brian Staley because he goes for it on fourth down, right? Like all this. Like we want there to be this conspiracy. That was never going to happen, right? Like that is no. not real life. No. You and I talked about that yesterday. Like that's just not. That was not going to happen. Um, but as for the game, like, can we call a spade a spade? That was a hell of a game. That might have been the best game of the year. That, like, that, that legitimately might have been the best game. Because you knew you had to win to get in. You know what that was? That was the most fitting ending to the craziest season, I think, that we've ever seen in the NFL. I don't I don't know if there could have been a better scripted ending if you tried with everything that went into that game in the ending. I mean, uh, Joe, I'm going to admit to you, I was sitting here, I was actually watching the game in the Erie News Now studio, I was convinced 
it was going to end in a tie. And and all the people But it wasn't but it wasn't going to be backed into a tie. No. It was the Chargers were down 29-14 and I, came back and forced overtime. I, I was, it was awesome. I was texting a couple of buddies and, and they said what would be worse than the game ending in a tie? I said there's two distinct possibilities here. I said there's the game ending in a tie with the teams not trying. And then there's the game ending in a tie with the teams trying. But but let me just say this because you you hit on this Joe and I want to hit on this too. To all of those people out there, including many media personalities who think they know it all, who said yesterday that this game should have been ended in a tie, both teams should have played for a tie. If I'm a realtor, better yet, if I'm a house buyer, and I have a realtor, and my realtor comes up to me and he says, Isaac, you've got two options for a house. You're in a new market, you're trying to look for for a, a bigger and better house, and I've got two options for you. Your first option is I've got this really nice farmhouse, almost like a mansion. It's going to be almost in pristine condition. It's got wonderful floors, new ceilings, new bedrooms, new countertops. Now, you're going to have to put a little bit of work into it. You're going to have to probably buff out some of the stains that are in the in the kitchen and you know, you might need new carpet in the living room, and it's possible you might want to add a chandelier to the to the living room. And, and maybe you got to redo your garage. And I'll tell you what, you're going to have to bid on this. It's not going to come easy. You're going to have to go into a bidding war. But I believe with the right price, you can get this house. And then the other option is, you know, Isaac, I've got the second house for you. And it's cheap. Relatively cheap. In fact, you don't really have to do any work. All you got to do is put in one bid and you're fine. But this house, Isaac, is a mess. It's a problem. It's got a lot of things wrong with it, and it is going to be nearly impossible to fix. What do you want? The Las Vegas Raiders had the option yesterday to take the tie, and congratulations, you would have been playing the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. So you Who, can't, who waxed them twice. Who, right. So you can't begin to tell me that a tie was in the best interest of that game last night. And I was listening to Chris Collinsworth call the game and giving out all the scenarios of a tie. Your housing, by the way, you might be in in the midst of your house shopping, you might also be getting a divorce. Correct. Remember, the Raiders aren't 100% in on their coach because they don't have a coach. Right. And, like, again, the guy that's the acting coach, I mean, a, a tie on your resume? Yeah. So, like, there's that layer, too. Well, and I, and I think the problem, you know, it's great theater, right? We all want to see the chaos. We all are interested in watching the most crazy things unfold. But to say that there should have been a tie in a dramatically important game, and I think, and I think a couple of players said it best. Listen, there's, this is the NFL. This is not Major League Baseball. We weren't in game 80 of 162. You play to win. Because you only have 17 games. You play to win. You play to get in. And the competitive nature of a player isn't going to say, we should just kneel the ball 30 times. But let me say this. I don't know why Brandon Staley calls that timeout. That, to me, is the biggest question of the night. What are you doing? Like, what what do you think you're accomplishing at that point to call your timeout with 35 seconds to go, and then to say that we wanted our good personnel in, you realize that the Chargers basically put the same personnel in after the timeout. Like, what's the reasoning behind that? 
Why call the timeout? I, I mean, I'm not – like, I don't understand what – if if they don't call the timeout, what happens? Versus if they do call the timeout. What, like, yeah. I think like, I think we're putting too much stock in in something that was probably non-consequential, right? Like, I think – because, again, I, I think people are looking more for – they. I think there was a lot of people that wanted to tie. And I think a lot of that – Sort of goes back to that the media, by and large, does not like Ben Roethlisberger. Right. So I think I think it became easy to root for that. Um, again, they they converted six fourth downs. Like they they were down fourteen points. Like no, down fifteen points. I'm sorry, it was twenty nine. Like why are we? If if that was your takeaway, like you must have some miserable existence. Because I I did feel and and the sort of you know the great irony being and not that not that Roethlisberger is of that ilk I mean he's a Hall of Famer but I don't think he's on the Mount Rushmore of anything yeah but when you figure that this is the the season of the passing of the the torch right Burrow was doing all these silly things you know five hundred and this and that but didn't it sort of feel like last night was on the biggest stage with the most, even though they came up short, didn't it sort of have that, you know, ceremonial kind of passing? Like, Herbert's like, all right, I'm here now. This this is this is my show. I mean, he is a sp- – I mean, again, Whoa. I'm not I, – I don't I, – they lost. I'm like, I'm not I'm not enamored by a timeout. Uh, I was enamored by Herbert. Well, I th- I think, listen, that's the future of the NFL, right? I think the, the Super Bowl is going to run through the AFC West for years to come. I mean, you look at Justin Herbert. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, the number two seed on an off year for Kansas City. Derek Carr, I think, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in football. But that division is going to be good for some time. But listen, if I'm a Charger fan today, I'm kicking myself thinking, how many chances did we have to just simply get in? And, and now we're not. Um, and that's going to be a problem. So, okay, so Pittsburgh's in the playoffs. Um, I'm still shocked by it. I think we all knew going into Sunday that the best chance of anything happening in the game, in, in Pittsburgh's need to get in, was a Steeler win. Uh, the Jacksonville game, we'll get to that in a bit. That was a, a shocker. But this Sunday epitomized to me the Steelers' season. Um, down to the wire, you don't know what's going to happen. Things don't go your way, then they do go your way. Did, did Joe? Does this team deserve to be in, or is this just a fluke? I, I, I listen. I'm not saying they're going to beat Kansas City. I don't know. I don't think they can, and and that's going to be talked about on Friday. But is this team at nine seven and one, knowing of what they've done all season, are they deserving to be in? Or is it more of the case that other teams just couldn't finish the job? Well, I think that's that's, I think that's probably always the case. Um, and, and again, I don't. I look at you know like tonight's national championship game. Like Georgia's there, but they were sort of there by virtue of that's the way the system. Which, works. by the way, who's talking about the national championship game yeah, this morning? It feels like it should have been <laughs> yeah. played like eight days ago, yeah, ten days ago. But remember a couple of years ago when Syracuse got to. I think it was the final four when they were a bubble team. Like the end doesn't justify the mean. Like just because they got hot and get to the final four doesn't mean they're a tournament team. Their resume compared a blind resume that doesn't have Jim Beheim on it and doesn't have Syracuse on it is. A, I mean, both both can be true. 
So are the Steelers a playoff team? Uh, in, yeah, by the, by the rules of the National Football League, they are. But if you were to, if you were to group them, in you know, sort of, if we were to put like a rubric together and put in teams that you would really consider a, a potential champ, no, they're not. I mean, they're they're just they're they have too many they have too many warts that I, that I just think. I mean, again, I actually literally tweeted like three snaps before the uh, the pick yesterday that if the Ravens throw another pass, Harbaugh should be like. <laughs> fired on the sideline and then three snaps later they throw the pick in the end zone like the Steelers run defense is atrocious it's bad it's atrocious it's bad Roethlisberger I mean Roethlisberger is like I kept waiting for the lineman to carry him like they carried left which down the field like he just I mean he looks old he's his career has been spectacular he's a first ballot hall of famer I know people don't like him but he's still a first ballot hall of famer right but again, if you are to rank them, are they a playoff team? By rule, yes. Are they a team that you would wager any of your own money on to win a playoff game, let alone all of them? No. Here's my thing. Here's what I find incredible with Pittsburgh. And, and you know, they've referred, John Lydic has referred to the Steelers as a cockroach. You know, they're ugly, they're annoying, everybody hates them except for some, but they won't go away. What I saw yesterday is I saw a team that had some energy. And I and you and I, Joe, we were talking about this on previous shows, as Joe Von Johnson was. I don't think any of us thought Pittsburgh was going to come out with any energy, right? They come off the big high with Big Ben. You're going to Baltimore. You're playing a tough road game in rainy conditions. And, oh, by the way, you have to get help going into the playoffs. I think if there's any positive coming out of the game on Sunday, it's that Pittsburgh showed life. And what it showed me is that there's at least some semblance that this team has some sort of belief that they can make it far. Um, I don't know how necessary or how sensible that belief is, but it seemed to me like in this game, you know, the Steelers started to realize that maybe they can play with good teams. And I and I think the other thing too with with Ben how in the world does he continue to get game-winning drives nearly every single game? How does how does he continue to make that happen? I I think it's all on adrenaline. And now with 57 total game-winning drives, Ben is now second NFL history, but I mean, Joe, it seemed to me like the energy was actually there. And that was the most surprising thing to me, is that the defense, albeit how badly the run defense was, they didn't go away in the second half. I mean, were you surprised by the fact that the team looked like they actually had some life yesterday? Because I don't I don't know if any of us thought that that was going to happen. Okay. I think I think what you're saying is theoretically true. But what you're speaking of is predicated, and I know I know you have to play the team that you're lined up against. But what if I'm, I'm just like I knew it was bad. I didn't think it was this bad. But Tyler Huntley was 16 of 31 for 141 and two picks. So like what again was was that a perform? And by the way, it still required overtime and a comeback. Uh, well, yeah. So yeah, when you force like, that many turnovers. So uh, of the nine. Of, of the nine, 
which one are you which one are you really standing on like the Bills win that was I don't think you that can was stand, only a couple weeks I don't ago. think you can stand I'm on I'm just saying like which win is like yeah this is why I think I mean that's the problem with I mean a, a sign of a good team is beating the teams you're supposed to beat right but at some point to be a good team you have to beat teams you're not supposed to beat so I mean other than the Bills which that was what uh week one week one which which Steelers win of the other eight are you like yeah that's, but, but that's you, the one but, I'm hanging my hat d- does it matter who they would have? I mean, that's just the well, yeah, way that this team runs. Well, yeah, because now we're in a tournament. Now we're in a tournament where you've got like-minded teams that have their eye on the same prize, and then you start to, to look at the, the resume and what have they done? You know, what have you done for me lately? What what do you do really well? What 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 about what other than they you know Roethlisberger winning late? What what is the what is the item? Like what? Are, what are you buying stock in? What What gets you the most excited about the team, the destination, the future? What What is it? You know, I because Najee didn't run it yesterday either. No, he didn't. But here's the problem that I have with Pittsburgh, and, and I listen. I don't think that they're a Super Bowl team either. Again, I make it clear. I don't think they have a chance of beating Kansas City. But I think we've gotten so. By the way, Latavius Murray hasn't looked like that in years either. Oh, I I understand. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I understand that. But but I think that we get so infatuated. With offensive-minded teams, teams that can throw the football at will and, and and win games big and all of that. I mean, did you did you see Week 18? All the offensive-minded, wonderful teams that still play their starters, they didn't have a ton of success. I watched the Rams have to fidget for four quarters with the Niners defense, who I was told was one of the worst in football and not one of the worst in the NFC at least. So th- to me, there's this infatuation, right? You're at, the, you're at the top of the food chain with the NFC, and you're seeing Aaron Rodgers and, and Kyler Murray and whatnot. And now in the playoffs, you've, got, you've still got Patrick Mahomes, and you've got Joe Burrow, a potential MVP candidate. You know what teams win in the postseason? Defensive teams. I don't, I don't want to hear about all the offensive greatness and offensive gurus. So if there's one thing I can hang my hat on with Pittsburgh, it's that they at least play a form of football that can keep you, in, keep you close in games. Um, do I think they're going to beat Kansas City? No. But I think if anything... 16 to 13 wins makes sense for Pittsburgh. They don't look thrilling, but I think the problem is is that it, it, if they win a game 30 to 27, that's not who they are, right? They're not pretty. They're not a team that's going to beat you 42 to 17. They're going to beat you close. They're going to beat you low scoring. And I think that that's just that's just who they are. I mean, yeah, they're not the prettiest bell at the ball, but but they're in. I mean, do, do you give them any shot, Joe? At all? Well, I, I'm look. So, I mean, I I guess sort of I forgot they beat the Titans, so that's a that's a win. 16-13 over the Ravens, not a playoff team. 26-14 over the Browns, not a playoff team. They did beat. They did beat the Titans. Uh, they beat the Ravens. They got boat raced by the Bengals. They almost came back to beat the Chargers. Oh wait, that's right. The, the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. The Lions, they tied the Lions. I don't. The Lions, I believe, uh, have the second pick in the draft. Um, eked out one against the Bears. Well, that's no good either. Uh, beat the Browns. Uh, beat beat the Seahawks. See, 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 no, not them either. Uh, beat the Broncos. Uh, lost by ten to the Packers. Lost by fourteen to the Bengals. Lost to the Raiders. Uh, hey, they beat the um, 
beat the Bills. Again, like, I don't, like, we are not talking about in theory at this juncture. Like, now it's literally, it's one and done. I mean, we've, we have, I mean, and again, in all fairness, we have the same conversation about the Bills, too. Right, right. absolutely. um, But you look at them, and again, Latavius Murray hasn't looked like that in years. Um, They've been getting gashed by everyone on the ground. Um, I, I would I would say this with the utmost certainty, but I don't. I'd really have to do a little bit of research to think about it. They have of all of the playoff teams, of all of the playoff teams, by far and away, they have the worst middle linebacker of any of those teams. Right? They don't really have a middle linebacker, <laughs> and any and any coordinator worth their salt takes up space. Is gonna is gonna you know gut them there. Right. Um, the the interior is is dead. I mean Tyson Alualo, Stefan Tuitt, it's atrocious. Like I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to bet you they've got the worst starting defensive tackles in interior linemen. And then you look at what about the offensive line? Okay, of the other of the remaining playoff teams, what playoff team has a worse offensive line? And again, That's you bad. look at and the Philadelphia Eagles are the gold standard in my opinion from 2018. They were so good at the point of attack. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl for crying out loud. You you look at you look at what what good teams do. They control the point of attack. What can the Steelers not do? Control the point of attack. Their skill guys are fine. They've got I mean obviously they've got the best pass rusher in the game. I mean they've got dudes. But at its at its simplicity, at its at its easiest ground zero. What they have to do well to win, they struggle with the most. Here's here's another thought that I had at the end of last night. I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm watching the final field goal by Daniel Carlson as time expired. And I'm thinking to myself, they're going to be able to use the excuse again, aren't they, Pittsburgh? 9-7 playoff team. Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. You know, I, I got nervous at the beginning of the week rooting for them in this game because I thought like you guys did this is a team and an organization and by the way, by that's the way, very proud why don't we like it, we're all oh, look at Mike Tom what a job Andy Reid had five but, new starters why but, are we but, not but, like I, heaping I, all the I'm praise getting, in the I'm world getting to that him. I'm getting to that but but here's here's where I get concerned if this team is a one and done in the playoffs the narrative of this season is going to be dysfunction on the offensive line problems on the defensive line injuries Still make the playoff, though, and Ben Roethlisberger rides off into the sunset. There's a part of me that worries that yesterday's results could actually be a detriment to Pittsburgh. When you look at this organization coming up next year, when you look at the issues that they're going to have, namely a quarterback, offensive line, as you mentioned, defensive tackle. Oh, by the way, you have to sign, re-sign Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick. I think we might look at this day, last Juju. Sunday, Juju also as well, we might look at this day and say, maybe Daniel Carlson should have missed that field goal. Maybe it would have helped this organization. I just have a bad feeling that this is going to be a, well, look at what we did, so let's keep the pieces in place. Is that too much to think? I mean, is it possible? Well, uh, it, it just seems It just seems like this is an opportunity for an excuse. To keep this roster similar, to try to find a quarterback who can try to bridge the gap, 
and potentially derail what could be a, a solid foundation for the future. Well, the good news is is LeBron's not going to be the GM anymore. So so Ben's out, right? right? And you know he's the guy. You know he's hired and fired how many coordinators? His paycheck is, is going to be. I mean, they have a lot of money. I mean, that's the thing is that they've got the the resources. I mean, if they could if they could somehow you know get get the Lindbaum kid from Iowa. And then move Green to his natural position. And by the way, I think we probably need to have that conversation. As, as you know, we're there's enough blame to go around. Like the, the fact that somebody in that organization thought, you know what, Kendrick Green, you were a, a hell of a guard in college. Let's make you a center in the <laughs> NFL. Like that's a pretty significant positional mm-hmm. change, right? Um, so they obviously need a center. Uh, I, I doubt they'll be able to draft high enough to get Limbaugh. I think he'll be gone before that. But I, you know, they need a center. If they can go get another guard in free agency to, to play opposite green, I mean, maybe you can get, you can get a little nasty, get a little physical, and get a little downhill. But I also, I also think that they've got enough money now where it will be a lot easier to appease people with the change. You know, when you have the when you that's the upside to not having the franchise quarterback. You're not paying the franchise quarterback. And you look at I mean, you look at like for instance, you know, on this what's it, Black Mondays today? Black Mondays? It is. And we're gonna we're gonna yeah. get to that in a minute because so, like, Black you, Monday's at, been apparent. Look at the Vikings, right? Remember remember how good the Vikings were when they had Case Keenum as a quarterback? And then they didn't. What what happened next then, Isaac? They got Kirk Cousins. But what came with Kirk Cousins? A lot of money. Well, I think a lot of money, and de- then, they also decided that their defense would have to part too. That's that's what I mean. They had a lot of money in their quarterback, and their defense walked out the door. And they went from being a, a Super Bowl team, caliber team with Case Keenum, to what they are now. And now they're coachless, GMless, rudderless. I mean, they got a lot of... So my point being is that the... There's a cup in the NFL. There is a couple of different ways to skin the cat. Not having a franchise quarterback in this instance, because I think they can go get if they could get Gardner Minshew, if they could get Marcus Mariota, if they could if they could shore up that offensive line. By the way, Najee Harris had like 387 touches. Like he's a he's a bell cow. He's ready to do this. No fumbles. Yeah, he's ready to do this. Yeah. So I think I think with Ben walking out and Colbert leaving, there are. All arrows point to sanity in terms of this is the time to make the wholesale change. It makes sense now. For every one of the... I mean, who stops it? That's a good question. No one. And, and here's here's my thing, too, for all you Browns fans out there. For any one of you who thought the AFC North was changing uh, guards, sure as heck ain't Cleveland. It sure as heck ain't Baltimore. Pittsburgh sweeps the Ravens, sweeps the Browns, and they are in the playoffs, and they will play Kansas City. Well, imagine to which that. If, imagine had that been a tie, and they swept the Browns, swept the Ravens, and didn't make the playoffs. Joe, you should have seen my face last night. <laughs> I, I look, I look constipated. I, I did. I, I looked like I was going to sit there and and be a frozen golem statue for for upwards of twelve hours. Last night was crazy. Uh, comment. T- tell us what you were feeling last night. Describe Week 18 in one word. By the way, if this is going to be how Week 18 is every single year, the NFL smartest move to move the schedule to 18 weeks. I mean, how how could you not, as an NFL fan, like what happened last night? I think that's what. 
I think that's the upside to the, to the expanded playoffs. And I think that's why you saw Major League Baseball do it as well. You've seen the NBA now have like a tournament within the tournament before the tournament. Yeah. Because obviously more playoff teams, you have more playoff spots, right? And they're really, you have more meaningful games. So we were sitting there watching yesterday. It was only Green Bay, right? That had clinched. That had nothing this, to play for. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers still played the whole first half. But, but so, like, isn't that what we want? Like, we want, and even though it may it may water down the product, but when you when you've got this, you had that. So more more playoff opportunities makes for more meaningful games. And I think what you want you is you want parity. Like last too. night makes for odd bedfellows, doesn't it? There was a guy that posted on Twitter he had bet $22 on a Jaguars win and a Vegas Charger tie. Would have paid him 10000 Would have been a rich man if Daniel Carlson had sailed that kick. Uh, can we, speaking of if we're handing out the attaboys, even though I know a lot of people in uh, Philadelphia hate him, like Howie Roseman fleeced the Colts. Like I like Carson Wentz. I mean that trade. But remember, now, remember Carson oh. Wentz was the MVP before he got hurt, and then Nick Foles literally went on to win the Super Bowl and become the MVP. Here's my thing with Carson Wentz: when you have an All-Pro running back, an All-Pro offensive line, and a defense that's ranked top ten of the league, and you can't get things done, it's almost like there's another quarterback in the NFL who has the exact same talent pool on their team. But some of us decide that it's not the issue with Baker, but it's the issue with Carson Wentz. Cleveland Browns did win yesterday. We're, we're not going to get to them. Let, let's let's shift to this. Everyone in Buffalo yesterday, as I was leaving the game, honking their horns, super excited, pumped up, ready to go. AFC East Division champions. I wouldn't be smiling. Yesterday, I saw a team that until the fourth quarter couldn't put away the New York Jets. Joe, did you see the stats, final stats from this game yesterday? Yeah, I was trying to see. Let, let me let, let, let me let was, me let me just go ahead and, and put some stats out there for you. I, I was right, by the way, with the uh, the under. What yeah, was, yeah. What, if, the, I think forty-seven and a half. Let, no, let me with the, no with the running back. Oh, uh, with the running back. Oh, yeah. you 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 were right. Let, let me just. <laughs> I like to point out. Yeah, when I'm right. Let, let me just let me just put out put out some stats for you. And by the way, Mitchell Trubisky's comeback. He had a passer rating of uh, one eighteen yesterday. Yeah, he he should he should be the next Steeler quarterback. That's my opinion. No, I'm, I'm joking. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Actually. Yeah. Well, he, he's he's better than what they have now. I honestly, a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is better than what they have now. The sex but, tapes that Mason Rudolph owns are must be vast. I don't know how he maintains his roster. <laughs> spot that's the only logical rationale as to he's got the dirt what if it's colbert what if he so has that's tapes, what if he has tapes on colbert but colbert's gone now and he's going to be back to the he's going to the uh he'll be with todd haley in the uh uh mason rudolph and urban meyer colluding on outside <laughs> euphemisms and outside projects apparently according to joe Lidneski. write write that down january 10th 2022 mason rudolph and urban meyer with a mixtape coming out next week apparently Anyway, so let me read you off some stats from the game last night. First downs, 25-4 to for Buffalo. Buffalo ran 79 total plays. The Jets had 46. Yards per play, New York averaging just 1.2. The Jets in the game had five, five total passing yards and 53 total yards of offense. And Zach Wilson was sacked nine times. 
So you would think. Actually, that's not true. You would, Zach Wilson was sacked eight times. Jameson Crowder was sacked once. So the. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, so, so the Bills. Yeah, I literally okay, just, okay. I just okay. got the box. Okay, up and you okay, said that. okay, Mister Corrected. Okay, so the Bills had nine sacks. Man, this is going downhill fast. So, so here's my point. If you're telling me that this team is as good as they're supposed to be, you can't have that box score. You can't play that team. You can't be at home with the rowdy crowd that was at Highmark Stadium last night, and not put this game away until the fourth quarter. I am starting to get nervous at this Buffalo Bills offense. What I have seen with Josh Allen the last five weeks is what I saw in the first two years. Not only is he missing throws, Joe, he's missing reads. He's overthrowing the football. He's not confident with who he is as a quarterback. He made a couple of throws yesterday that if not for the acrobatics of likes of Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox were throws that you would have seen Johnny Manziel make in high school ridiculous, over-the-moon, never-should-throw-it-passes. So here's the problem, Buffalo. Your defense is legit. You're the number one defense in football. But I thought your team was predicated on offense. I thought you were supposed to be this juggernaut that has this esteemed offensive potential and will blow out every team in the water. So if I'm the Buffalo Bills today... Yeah, you're the AFC East Division champs, but Joe, I'm not super keen on where this team is right now. Their offense is currently in a, in a shambled train wreck. If not for Devin Singletary, they're in a state of doldrums. And here's the problem. Two weeks ago, you, I, and Jovan sat here, and we talked about how Buffalo needed to get the run game going. It seems to me like they've overcorrected themselves, and that Josh Allen is now focusing too much on the run, Buffalo is putting too much emphasis on the run, and Josh Allen is getting sloppy. What's your level of concern for this team, Joe? Because the game I saw yesterday, yeah, it was 27-10. Two touchdowns, though, were in garbage time. Buffalo at one point punted on five consecutive drives. And as I wake up this morning, if I'm a Buffalo fan and I'm looking at my opponent, the New England Patriots, who beat you pretty bad at Highmark Stadium the last time they played, I'm not feeling too confident this morning. I, I'm with you, and they are – they're the team – they're the team, like, you, to use your house analogy. You know, they're the team that is is that house that – oh, boy. You know who they are? Here's, here's who they are. When you were in high school, there was always that one girl, right? Or one guy, depending depending on, on your, your preference. But there's always that one person that walked into a party or a get-together or a school function. And everybody's eyes laid right on him. Oh my gosh! She's amazing! She's gorgeous! I would do anything to be with her. But then you look for a few hours and you realize that the second that something goes wrong or juice gets spilled on her dress or... Her friends aren't accompanying her in the way that she would like. The attitude changes. The personality defers. The, 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 mood, bills, the bills are the, the P word. The mood, the mood gets darker. That's the Buffalo Bills. They are fancy to look at. And when they are working, my goodness, are they wonderful. 
offense clicking. Josh Allen down the field. Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary. The defense swarming. But when they get adversity, Joe, this team has major difficulties facing adversity. And I'll tell you what, pretty girl in high school isn't the girl that ends up the prettiest in her 30s. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, for all we harp on Pittsburgh, their issues were found at the beginning of the season. We knew with Pittsburgh what they were, right? They the, were bill, gonna... the bills are the P word. And P, the P word always gets you in trouble. Potential always gets you in trouble. Or the T were talent. They are talented. What if, what if this house was in a better neighborhood? What if I had an unlimited? I mean, they, and that's the thing is, they are like the opposite of the Steelers. They're the opposite of the Steelers. They're the same problem. They're just the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, I just desperately want them to just go out and boat race somebody. I, I mean, they're just, but they don't. And again, how, how can you constantly let bad teams hang around? I know they win, or they have won. You can't allow teams to hang around and win. Here's the Especially thing. Especially good teams. We, we can't give, let good teams hang around. We give Pittsburgh flock every week. On this show, we talked about it just today. Well, the teams that they beat aren't that great, and they let them hang around anyway. So why are we giving the same credit to Buffalo? Why aren't we holding them to the same standard? Because they were I – ne- I never thought – like, I never thought – and maybe this is – why I'm sort of laissez-faire about the Browns. Like, I never held the Browns in the same standards that a lot of people did. I just, because I didn't trust. I saw the way the fan base reacted last year. I just didn't trust them. I didn't think the Steelers were going to be good this year. You know, I, 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 why did, you know, why didn't anybody give up on the Chiefs when they weren't very good early on? Because you knew that, you knew it was there somewhere, right? The, that's the Bills. Like, the, the Bills are, we've seen enough. We've seen enough from the Bills that shows that they've turned that corner. I question how were the Browns going to have that How were they going to deal with that success? Like, that's the difference. I mean, it, it felt like the Browns were just happy to be there. Tom Brady expects to be there. You know, the good teams expect to be there. So I think that's, I mean, in, in all fairness, at least for me, and I don't know, I don't know where you came down, but of the three teams that we pay the closest attention to, the Bills, I held in a different regard. I had a higher expectation of them. Um, the Browns, I was just curious to see how it was going to play out. Like, I said that from the beginning. Like, how do they handle the success from last year? The Bills were different. So I don't, at least for me anyway, I don't hold. I, I mean, the, the argument. I don't. I don't feel guilty about having a a different stance with the same argument when it comes to the Bills and the Steelers, simply because I didn't think the Steelers would or could or should be in that ilk. Well, listen, I'm not saying you have to win games pretty. I just made an argument a few minutes ago with Pittsburgh that you can have success by winning at 13, 10, 16, 13 in defensive slugfest. But when you create an identity that the Buffalo Bills had and have, are supposed to have, as a flashy, aggressive, high-scoring offense, I remember a few weeks ago on this podcast, I made a point, and I now take it back. I said, I can tell after one quarter, whether this team is going to win the football game or not. 
I couldn't tell that after a quarter yesterday. I I couldn't see the team that was aggressive early, punctual early, showed up to the game on time, and then put the game away. You might be able to get away with this against the New York Jets, but if you think you can go in to this Saturday's game against New England and play that way and allow Patriots to stay in the game and let Bill Belichick a chance to win it late, you're not moving on. And and to think that this team could potentially be in a one-and-done is a colossal disappointment, potentially. And, and listen, I'm not saying, again, who knows? Will they be favored? Probably. Do I think they'll pull it out? I think it's possible. But there are issues, I think, that sometimes take too long to be addressed. We knew with Pittsburgh early on in the season, this team is not throwing the football. They're not scoring a bunch of points. They've got issues. They're going to address them early on, or at least try. But you pl- when you when the teams that win Super Bowls play their best football in November and December, they don't play their best football in September and October, and I'm worried that Buffalo was a September and October team because there are so many cracks that we're starting to see. And how do you fix it? I don't know. But here's where I get scared, Joe. How many weeks did it take for Buffalo to realize the run game had to get going? I'd argue 17. Devin Singletary was virtually non-existent until his big game last week against Atlanta. He didn't have a great game yesterday, but they still gave him the ball a bunch of times. So is, is Buffalo going to start to realize their issues in the passing game on a short week against New England? I, I don't know. I don't know if this team is capable of fixing those errors this quickly against New England because, because it's taken them so long in the past to fix the mistakes that they had in the beginning of the season, which was the run game. It took them until week 17. I, I mean... It, it, does that make sense? I mean, it just to, to me, it just seems like this is a team that's so hell-bent on throwing the football that it took them so long to get their run game going, and now they have issues in the passing game, and who knows? Will it get fixed in time? Because you have to know New England's going to come in and play well. That's just who they are. I've always been a proponent of you dance with the girl that you brought. Now, I know you have to be a little more balanced. I know that throwing it 70 times a game is not a recipe for success. But by the same token, you know, and I, I know that Jovan, I wish he was here to defend himself. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't think you could, I don't think that you could necessarily look at the Bills and say that they are flawed because they just refuse to run the ball, right? But and then in the next breath, be like, and remember that time New England? That was awesome. They beat them and they only ran it three times. Well, or only threw it three times. So the, the Bills don't throw it or don't run it because why? Because they're not, that's, they're not terribly good at running the ball. Well, why does Mac Jones only throw it a handful of times? Because they're not really good at throwing the ball so i i understand that the bills need to be more balanced but you got to figure who are their best players here's but here's the concern i, mean, I have Diggs, I, uh, well knox well, Beasley. Right. But, i mean their their but, best players are pass catchers but if if are you going to take the girl to the dance if your girl isn't feeling well beforehand i mean you you have to at some point understand that josh allen is not right right now 
He just well, I mean, it is it is beyond troubling to me. And, and maybe, again, I, don't, I like to be right and not wrong, but, like, the Zach Moss situation, like, I don't understand why that, like, what, that was a second-round pick, right? Like, what, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, there's other ways. I mean, when the Eagles were were really good in the early, early 2000s with Andy Reid, they were really good with just flipping it out in the flat. And, and remember, you know, the Bucks with Warwick Dunn. I mean, now they pounded it with Mike Allstott. But, I mean, there are other ways to get those guys involved. I think I think part, part of it is if, if the Bills were San Diego, if the Bills were the Detroit Lions or the Vikings, I don't think we'd have any issue. Don't you think that we're – don't you think that we are biased to an extent because we understand the weather here? Do you think that plays a role in it? Because there's a lot of teams that don't really run the ball all that well. And again, the Bills didn't really run it all that well last year either. They were, what, 13-3. and three. Right. So, I mean, do we do we get – are we just sort of naturally biased because of our geography? Is that is that really what – because, again, if they were a dome team or they were, you know, the, the Chargers, would we have the same attitude about their – you know, offensive schematics. But the issue that I have with that is, if you're the if you're a player on that team and you've been there a while, you should be used to it. I mean, I, I again, I hear the excuse all the time. Well, warm weather quarterbacks don't like playing in, in cold weather. Tom Brady was from California. Okay, it didn't take him very long to figure it out in chilly New England. Josh Allen is not in his first year at Buffalo. So as much as I understand, oh well, the elements down south are are, are easier and they're better. I mean, I don't know. The Houston Texans are terrible. The Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick in the draft. The Miami Dolphins just fired their head coach, for gosh sakes. On the West Coast, the Niners had to get a great comeback just so they could potentially I I, you cannot, win the playoffs. You cannot say the, the Dolphins without the second. You have to put the comma and the second thought. The Miami Dolphins fired their coach. For Jim Harbaugh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, trust me. We're going to get to that in a minute because what Joe doesn't know is that there's actually new comments that have come out, but we're going to get to that in a second. But but what I'm saying is, and oh, by the way, the Chargers aren't in the playoffs. So I don't know if the weather thing really plays a part. You play in the city that you're in. Sure, I'm, I'm sure Josh Allen would love to play just like with any other player in Florida or California. That'd be great. Warm weather all the time. That's why they all, always put the Super Bowls there. But you play with the hand you're dealt, and and with Josh Allen, I think you know what the elements are. You know what you're going to be playing in in January. You experienced that last year in chilly Buffalo when it was 10 degrees below zero when you played Indianapolis in the first round. So I can buy the whole weather thing, and and we're only go harping on them because you know we're used to the conditions thing until you start getting experience and you get games under your belt in that cold element. And I think we're at a point now with Buffalo. Listen, again, they're not trotting out first-year rookies here. This this team is is supposed to be polished and in their Super Bowl window. So let's throw the elements thing out the window and and see what happens. But, you know, Buffalo fans, your division champs, yeah, great, but buckle up because New England's going to come to play, and it's very hard to beat the same team twice in one year. All right, l- let's end with this. I mentioned that we have to talk about this. I always get worried when people have the mentality of what's next. It's always good to have a forward sight mindset. Always good to plan ahead. When you're in elementary school, though, 
as a kid, you think, I can't wait to grow up and be an NFL player or an athlete or a construction worker or, or, or whatever. Then you get to high school and you're like, man, I just wish I could run around as a kid with no rules. Then you're in high school and you, and you say, man, I can't wait to get to college and see what's next and go to all these classes and meet new people and party till one in the morning. It's going to be a sweet time. And then you get to college and you're like, oh, I have four exams to study for and it's three in the morning. Man, high school wasn't so bad. And in college, you're like, you know, I just can't wait to graduate. This is going to be so nice when I get out in the real world and don't have to worry about classes and, and homework and, and these extracurricular activities that I'm a part of. It's going to be so easy and smooth sailing in the work environment. And then you have seven straight work days until four in the morning and you think, man, it was, it was kind of nice to party out with friends and, and, and enjoy the, the life of college. Here's what I'm saying. The Miami Dolphins have fired head coach Brian Flores. Now, I'll mention the other firings already on this Monday. Mike Zimmer and Matt Nagy have been fired from the Vikings and the Bears, respectively. Minnesota also firing their general manager, and so have the Bears with Ryan Pace. But I want to focus on Brian Flores. There are a lot of coaches who deserve to be fired in the NFL. I would argue that Matt Nagy and Mike Zimmer are two of them, underperforming, underachieving head coaches who have not had success. But the what next mentality for the Miami Dolphins or for any team that's going to get rid of a coach so easy. Ah, we didn't make the playoffs, so get rid of them after just a couple of years. This team in Miami a few years ago was in the cellar of the AFC East. Couldn't beat New England. Couldn't even beat Buffalo. Had trouble beating the New York Jets. And Brian Flores comes in and in two years he wins 19 games and he goes... In a winning record against the New England Patriots, he goes 4-2. and two. You know, as much as I want to believe that there are, quote-unquote, better coaching options out there, be careful what you wish for, Miami. Because how many times have we seen teams in this league, struggling teams, New York Giants, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, hire and fire coaches in one or two years? It's not because the coaches you get are bad people, although some of them aren't good coaches. Fix your culture, then fix your coach. And for the Dolphins to fire Brian Flores today, who are you going to get that's better? I have a quote that just came down from Dolphins owner Steve Ross. I thought that was telling. Quote, I'm not going to be the person to take Jim Harbaugh from the University of Michigan. So who are you going to get? Who are you going to get that's going to lead your team to winning records against the New England Patriots, the ultimate dynasty that you pray to God you could beat one day? Who are you going to get that molds a defense like Brian Flores? At what point do teams, Joe, start to tell themselves, we need some stability? Why has Cleveland been bad all these years? No stability. Kevin Stefanski is about to go into uncharted territory in Cleveland. He's going to pass the two-year mark. Heck, Baker Mayfield, as much as we harp on him, he's going to be in Cleveland longer than a year. He's already passed that mark. I mean, that's significant for quarterbacks. But why has Cleveland been so bad? Longevity, multiple general managers, multiple head coaches, multiple quarterbacks. The teams in this league who win games and win Super Bowls are coached by the likes of Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Tom Brady, whichever team he's on, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, and whoever I'm missing, the list is consistent. Longevity, 
let coaches play themselves out. I, I remember I remember last year when the Cardinals were considering coming off Cliff Kingsbury. Look at where they are now. Have we gotten to a problem, Joe, in the NFL where teams just figure you got a one-year window and that's it? I think it's a problem. And I think this Brian Flores firing is just the beginning of it. This is an issue. You know, they say when it comes to players, the best ability is availability. I think when it comes to organizations, the best ability is stability. All those organizations that you alluded to have longstanding GM head coach relationships. Now, I do agree. I don't understand. And I thought that the Stephen Ross comment, and of course that's easy. We all connect the dots because he's a, he's an alum uh, of Michigan, but I thought he, I thought it was very telling. He said, I'm not going to be the person, which I think suggests that, Somebody is going to be the person that takes Harbaugh. It might have to be the man himself. <laughs> that takes Harbaugh away from from Michigan. But that's either here nor there. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the, the interesting element of, of the finger pointing, right? So, like, the an NFL organization is your favorite football team. But it's no different than your your employer, right? So, like, yeah. you know, just because, you know, you really wish that, uh, that, that that Stalin wouldn't, you know, wouldn't leave the coffee pot on is no different than, you know, the 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 scout that overvalued Tua Tonga Vailoa or, you know, why doesn't, you know, why doesn't anybody ever shut the lights off? It's no different than I really wish that, you know, we would give – player X more opportunity. I mean, it's it's the dysfunction, and I think we forget this. That You know, I always say that your favorite player is employed by your favorite team, and we do forget that is a workplace for these people. So I think you got to put that into perspective. But they weren't very good at the beginning of the year. They're 9-8. and eight. They won seven games in a row at, at one point. Um... I hate to say this because I sort of grew up an Eagles fan, but they got the second best young wide receiver in the league. Jalen Waddle's going to be a superstar. Mike Gesicki, unfortunately for him, he plays in Miami. It's hard to be a star in Miami. Ask Dan Marino. I mean, Dan Marino's still, and I, they didn't win. I mean, if he was, if he was the Cowboys quarterback and didn't win, do you think we'd have a conversation about like where he belonged? Yeah, right? it might be slightly different. Yeah. So like I mean they've got dudes like they don't I mean they don't have a dude problem they got dudes, um, and I don't and I I know this might anger some Bills fan I don't think that division's as scary as we might have thought it was you know because the Bills the Bills got some warts as well four and two against New England yeah um so yeah no I don't I don't understand you know I was you know I said a saying you know if you if you cheat down, the only person you're cheating is yourself. You know, if you're if you're married to an eight and you step out with a four, who you know who's the real loser? You so like does does Ross have a plan? So I mean that would be that would be my thing is that you don't just you, you can't just sell your car. Man, I'll figure it out. I mean you got to have a backup plan, right? You got to have another car to replace said car. So I don't I don't know what. What's the direction? Like, what's the idea? What's the point? What's the purpose? What's the... So, I mean, again, I don't... I don't think USC 
I don't think USC didn't know that Lincoln Riley was a real strong possibility. I mean, when you make that decision, it it can't be willy-nilly. You have to have a plan, right? You, You can't. So I mean, do they have a better plan? Let, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's play. You know, let's play. Would you rather with Jim Harbaugh for a second? I hate Jim Harbaugh. I'm by Jim the way. Harbaugh, and I've got two options. I would rather punch I you can, in the face. I, <laughs> I don't like Jim. Har- I just can't stand the guy. Okay, you an Ohio State fan? Is that why? No, I just no. I just can't stand. Like like I can't stand his shtick. The khakis get to you. The khakis. The the. <laughs> I stand on this. I, I just, okay. All right. So I'm going to play Jim maybe Harbaugh I just for a don't second. Don't like fullbacks. Okay. I don't so, know. so short of giving Joe a heart attack on air, I'm going to play Jim Harbaugh. I've got two options. I can stay in Michigan, make millions of dollars, restructure my contract. They'll pay me whatever I want. I'm going to get every incentive that I ask. I'm going to get any coordinator that I want. I'm going to have a recruiting class that will be millions of times better than the ones that I've had previously. And now I've beaten Ohio State, so I believe that I can get there. And I've been to the playoff before, so I know what I have to do to get there. And it's now made proven, as we've seen in the first seven years. Once you make a playoff, you have a better chance of returning than when you didn't. Or, Miami. Dysfunction. Question mark at quarterback. Question mark on the offensive line. Not sure how the defense is going to be able to work with many players you have to resign. And oh, by the way, their f- former coach that that won 19 games in three years and went four and two against that division rival that you said was unbeatable 10 years ago. Yeah, he got canned. So I'm on a clock. So when we talk about what's next, think to yourself: all these NFL franchises. This is the stick I get with Mike Tomlin. Oh, he should be fired. Three playoff wins in the last 11 years. I get that. But what's next? Who are you going to get? Who are you going to get from college or the pros? What's your next option? So you're sitting here now today as a Miami Dolphins fan, and you're thinking, well, we could get Jip. What happens if he doesn't come? Who are you going to get? So I think putting all your eggs in one basket's a problem. And I think that whether it's Miami or whether it's any other organization, think about what you know you have before you think about what you could get. I think there's, I think there's a lot to this. And I, I think that when it comes to Michigan, and this is going to sound funny because they're, you know, they're all supposed to be institutions of higher education. But I think when it comes to Michigan – Michigan is not as committed to football as I think a lot of people would want them to be. Um, you do realize really? that, that Jim Harbaugh had his salary cut in half because of the pandemic. I, th- I and, think I think that was done on purpose. And money. And he looks like a genius now, by the way, doing it. So, you know, I think, I think this has a lot more to do with, with leverage. I think this has... I mean, that's the thing is that you got to – and Penn State's in the, in the same boat. And I think that's what, what Franklin did with his, you know, sort of potential I'm, I'm going elsewhere. I mean, when you're now having coordinators at, at what you would call the big boy programs all making a million plus, you know, you need to have position coaches that are now making eight nine $900,000. I mean, if you want to compete with the Joneses, you have to spend like the Joneses. I don't think – 
I don't know if Harbaugh would leave. I, I think that this has more to do with the timing. He did just get to the playoff. He did just beat Ohio State, and you know I'm running, and you know he's going to hold some hold some feet to the fire with the with the checkbook in hand. Yeah, that's, that's one it, school of thought. But then the other school of thought is, does he run because he's not going to beat Ohio State again? You know, it does. Is it going to be, get any better than it is right now? You know, his even though he got boat raced in the playoffs, is it going to get any better now? Um, you know, he was an NFL guy, but he's also a college. I mean, he's a tough he's a tough guy to you know, like James Franklin going to the league makes no sense, right? No. He's I mean, he's a college guy. Yeah, he worked in the league, but Harbaugh's done both, and he's done both fairly well. I mean, you know, obviously. You know, with the Niners, and you know, I don't think he gets enough credit for Stanford because David Shaw is now getting paid like seven million dollars a year to operate a highly educated tire fire. I mean, Stanford stinks. So I don't, I don't think in that regard Harbaugh gets enough credit, right? But he's both. Like you know, Ryan, I'm sure the Ryan Day rumors are fired up as we speak because you're you're right. Like, where are you going to go, Dan Quinn? Now, I've already seen that Brian Flores is a candidate for other jobs. I mean, Brian Flores has done a nice job. He'll Miami. be a head coach he'll, next Yeah, year. He'll, he'll be fine. Yeah. But to your point, where are you going to go? I mean, Lincoln Riley was, was the guy that would that seemed attractive that might be an NFL guy. Ryan Day, I mean, who? where are you going to go? I mean, you, you, look at, you, you look at some of the other guys at, at the big boy programs. I mean, Saban's not a spring chicken. You know, who are you going to get? So either you're going into the in the the NFL recycling bin, or you're going to try to. Although Harbaugh was t- technically would be in the NFL recycling bin, right? Where, where are you going to go? I mean, who who are you going to get? I mean, outside of Ryan Day and Harbaugh, I mean, would would some NFL team get crazy and throw a pile of money at Luke Fickle? I I again again right. What's, Eric, by the what's way, whatever happened to Eric Bieniemy? Remember when he was like the most popular name in the world? Whatever. I, well, how about how, whatever happened to Brian Dable? I mean, sources saying that he might be staying with the Bills next year. But but th- that's just my point. Whether it's football or whether it's life, it's okay to move on. But if it doesn't make sense, why are you doing it? And and for Miami, I mean, this team was two wins away from being division champs. And now they don't have a head coach. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm making a leap to go to Miami with all the success that I have, and the millions of dollars I'm going to get, and the incentives I'm going to receive, and the recruiting base that I'm going to get. And by the way, Michigan ain't making money with rowing ski ball and cricket. I mean, I don't know if it's as big of a if football base as Ohio State, but trust me, that place. Is all about the gridiron, and I think Jim Harbaugh knows that. All right, let's let's quickly end with this uh, college football playoff national championship tonight, Joe. Uh, your pick. I uh, I've got Alabama. I I can't pick against Alabama as an underdog. That's my rule. Uh, who do you got? I mean, I've already seen this game. I know how it plays out. I mean, I'm going with Alabama. I don't. Again, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think Georgia belongs there. I don't. I don't think they had their chance. And I would rather. I would rather watch. And I think I might be in the minority, but you don't need the, – the game of the century doesn't need to be the national championship. Like, Alabama and Georgia had their chance. I don't want to watch a rematch. I didn't like the way it was seated. If they had to have a rematch, it should have been – I would rather watch 
Cincinnati lose by 100, or Michigan lose by 100, or Baylor lose by 100, then watch Georgia and Alabama again. By the way, can I just say this? <laughs> Were we wrong about Michigan? I mean... They should have got. They should not have. Whew. They should not have gone for it on fourth down. That was a massacre. Um, they should not have gone for it on fourth down. Yeah, they, uh, they, that that was. I mean, that was probably uh, in terms of coaching mistakes. Like he really let the cat out of the barn there. I mean, just that they if they if they would have just punted and gone down fourteen, fine. But to, to go all in and basically hit the panic button on the what second, third series of the draw, or game or whatever it was, that was a coaching snafu that Mr. Harbaugh will never forget. And who knows? Miami thinks it's probably his last game coach of his Michigan career. So I guess the Dolphins have Georgia to thank if, if Jim Harbaugh comes running his way to Miami. All right, that's going to do it for the Critical Eye podcast. A long episode today. That's okay. We had a lot to get through. What a week of football. Gets to continue tonight with the CFP National Championship. We're back on Friday. Jovan Johnson going to join us well as well on our Friday show. Talking playoffs, Bills, Patriots, Steelers, Chiefs. Can any, either, or both of the regional teams make it in? Plus, debriefing of the Cleveland Browns season. What's next? And is it time to move off of Baker, even if the Browns say they are committed to him? Great show. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, enjoy your week. Stay safe. Stay safe on the roads, too. It's supposed to snow, I hear. More coming up later in the week.